Hey everyone, welcome back to the Block Coffee Podcast. In today's episode, we keep exploring the real-world use cases of non-fungible tokens by speaking with a founder who came from the wine industry, now building the first wine NFT club. So if you're interested in either wine or NFTs, or both of these topics, you should definitely check out this episode. As always, none of the things we discuss on the show are financial advice. Everything is a meme. Without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Block Coffee Chat with the Founders. We are joined by a very cool guest today. His name is Andrew Allison, and he's the CEO of Libation Labs. They are building a wine NFT club based out of Napa Valley. Now, one thing I have to admit is that I don't know much about wine, and I suck at trading NFTs. So it's great to have someone like Andrew who's building in the conversions of NFT and wine for a coffee chat today. And so by coffee chat, I mean mostly it will be him educating me about both of these topics. Um, with that, Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Brian, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here and share a little bit of uh, today with you. Awesome, awesome. Andrew, I think we've met a couple of times before this. I remember that one cool thing about you is that you're actually coming from a wine background. I'll let you expand on that a little bit. You know, can, can you tell people more about where you're from and what's your background in wine and Web3? Yeah, for sure. My background in wine is uh, I grew up with a family of vintners. So my family grew and sold grapes. And I'm from Napa Valley, California, which is the the capital of wine in the US. Um, so when I went to college, I did my undergrad in wine and finance. And right out of college, I had sold a mobile app to a liquor distributor. So definitely have uh, lots of generational knowledge in our family about the wine industry, as well as the opportunity to actually work and build in this space myself. So yeah, that's just a little bit about me uh, on the wine side and Web3. Uh, just quickly on Web3, we saw what other NFT projects like NBA Top Shot were doing. And we're like, wow, like we really think that we could build some on ramps and value for the web three ecosystem and mm -hmm. the wine industry at that intersection. So we, we see the wine industry as massive and we see the blockchain technology empowerment as something that we're excited by. So we started to explore the ways that we believed the wine industry was going to change due to blockchain technology. And so we started with our project working on wine NFTs, but we think that the business is is just getting started. So yeah, I think that's a little bit of how we got into this this business in itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think it's super interesting. Like to unpack this a little bit more. Uh by the way, for those who are listening, I know we are thinking. Uh Andrew mentioned he studied in wine and finance. Yes, there is a college degree for wine. I looked it up. It's a real thing. And I had no idea about the existence of it uh either before I met Andrew. So these are the type of things you learn in Web3, by the way. Um, yeah, but first, uh, Andrew, can you please educate us? Like, given that you're super familiar with this wine business, like, are you seeing any problems or opportunities in the wine industry uh, today? And thought, like, 
I think NFT and blockchain tech can, can help solve these issues. Can you tell us a bit more about why Wine plus NFT? Yeah, sure. I think uh, just to tie it back to <clears throat> something that um, I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, we were inspired by Dapper Labs and their N NFT project, uh, NBA Top Shot. And basket mm -hmm. basketball cards are super historically collectible. And, you know, generations of basketball fans have collected basketball cards. And so when Top Shot was seeing success with moments, we thought, oh, wow, wine is equally a historically collectible asset. People have been collecting wines for centuries. And so we thought to ourselves, like, you know what, there's certainly going to be uh, a group of consumers out there that would like to collect wine NFTs. And so then we went down this road of, well, what should the NFT be made up of? What imagery do you put into the NFT? What value does the NFT have? Does it get you access to things or does it get you access to certain wines? And mm -hmm. so over the course of this year, we've developed and released a series of wine NFT collections that are really experientially driven. And that is what we've built and taken to market so far. And so we've been selling wine NFTs for uh, the better part of three months now, and they're going really well. And so wine NFTs to a common consumer is really exclusive wine tasting experiences, wine allocations, and the opportunity to have digital tastings as well. So um, I'll, I'll just give you a, a real name and example. So we made the wine NFT collection for uh, a brand called Robert Craig. Robert Craig has a private estate winery that is not open to the public. They have really, really premium Napa Valley Cabernet Reds, and they make a very specific type of wine that they only make 300 bottles a year. And then on top of that, most of their wine tastings are given by their staff. Very seldom does the CEO of the company do the wine tastings. So when you buy the Robert Craig NFT, you and a group of five other friends, so six people can go to the private winery and have a private tasting of wines that they've already sold out, library wines. And you get one of 300 bottles that they do not make available for sale. So it's like a very limited collection wine. And then when it comes to the digital tasting, whenever you're going to open that rare bottle of wine, you could schedule a video tasting with the CEO of the company. So it's super exclusive and rare experiences, and it just all ties together at a great price. And so for a thousand dollars, six people can go wine tasting on Howell Mountain have a private winery tasting and get the wine that is never available for public because it's always sold out. And then on the uh, digital collectible side, you you get an NFT that give, gets you access to all future Robert Craig NFT collections. And so you can see that there's a very limited number of these experiences sold because it's all bundled and sold as a wine NFT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Um... And, and I thought it was very interesting, uh, especially the part where you mentioned it gives you exclusive access to uh, different experiences. 
Um, so in some way, it's it's also like a social token in in a sense that it's um, can be used to monetize some services or, or experiences. Very interesting um, for for the people who are not super familiar with NFT. Like Andrew, can you explain more why why NFT though um, instead of just buying buying the wine directly from the wineries or, or um, an event ticket for the experience that that you mentioned? Yeah, I I think the the why web three question is super interesting but the thing that always makes sense to us is that by by putting our tasting experiences uh, essentially we're putting a package together and so by making the packages available as nfts you could the consumer can see how rare it is and so if you want the opportunity to see uh the winery and go have that library wine tasting, but you don't want to pick up the wine or you don't want to have the digital tasting, you could consume some of the value and then resell it as well. So it's totally the opportunity to leave it on an open ledger where many consumers can see how rare the actual experience is and then have the opportunity to consume aspects of the value without needing to do the whole package. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and especially when uh, you compared it to kind of the uh, NBA top shot. Um, so which makes sense. You know, people would like to have that verifiable ownership of the, the exclusive wine so they can, you know, um, show off to their friends or, or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but in real world, it's also tied to, you know, real winery uh, specific brand. So, yeah, very, very, very interesting and very cool. Um, and on the winery side, like what's in it for them to partner with you guys to issue nfts because i imagine like they're pretty traditional industry uh and might have some difficulties or even like pushback when when it comes to the nft idea right yeah i think everything that we put into the utility of the nfts everything that goes into the wine nft package itself uh is something that we work with them to curate and then take to market so said simply wineries are getting incremental revenue from us uh, and then they're also getting a new generation of consumers many of the folks that uh, understand the nft ecosystem are gen z or millennials and wineries typically have older audiences and so this is a, a nice bridge to reach younger audiences for wineries and it's also the opportunity for them to take things that they would not traditionally sell, put them into a into a package and then and then take them out to market for sale. If that, and if if you think of everything that we offer as totally off menu exclusive offerings, uh, wineries could easily accommodate the small volume of NFTs, but it's very hard to sell something like a winemaker dinner unless mm -hmm. their winemaker and staff and their VIP guest list and all these people get involved. We make it really simple. It's totally turnkey. So the wineries just show up to work with us and we take care of the package curation, taking it to market, listing it, selling it, doing all the smart contract work and all the dev. So uh, it's truly a turnkey solution for them just to make a little bit of extra cash and, and the acquire new users. Got it. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and is the goal to um, have partnership and um, launch NFTs with every winery in the world, or what's the what's the vision here? 
So we've only brought one type of NFT to market. I think in future years, we'll continue to introduce new classes of NFTs. But mm. these wine NFTs uh, are, are really experientially driven. So next year, we'll introduce a new class of NFTs focused on the wine itself. And um, we'll probably rebrand the wine NFTs to be something more along the lines of wine tasting NFTs. And so when you go wine tasting in, in a place like Napa or Sonoma or one of the major wine regions, uh, we think wine tasting NFTs is what many folks are going to want to purchase before they go tasting because they get a series of exclusive experiences. You don't go wine tasting every weekend or not many people would. And so when you make that big wine tasting weekend every year, you might as well get the best experiences you could possibly have for that weekend. And, and then you could show off the fact that you've got all these cool wine tasting NFTs and some of the experiences you've had. And so I think that, um, you know, it, it's really intended to be experientially driven at this stage. Very interesting. So yeah, for, for someone like me who was trying to get a better understanding of the wine, would you say that by having an NFT, like this can help kind of educate the average consumer as well because you mentioned it, uh, you can quantify some of the rarity of the wine or you have exclusive version of the entities for, for specific brands. So for average consumers, what would the experience look like for, for them? Yeah, great question. I think the reason we actually partnered up with Dapper Labs and built on the Flow blockchain is so that we could have a fiat checkout process and so you don't need to be super far into Web3, and you also don't need to be a savant to, to understand what our products are. And so if you're going wine tasting, you could call a winery and go get a, a normal consumer level tasting, and you don't need to know anything else. Or you could jump on, buy one of our wine NFTs and have a super exclusive wine tasting experience for yourself or a small group and know that that experience has been curated and set up with some of the best wine brands in wine country from a team of people that have gone wine tasting at hundreds of wineries at this point. And we're just putting the absolute best foot forward from a tasting experience. So it, it's just kind of down to how would you like to spend your time when, when you do end up going wine tasting is, is it, really going to be about, um, you know, like what, what you're looking for as a consumer and, and just the point on the Dapper Labs, Dapper Wallet comment. So we built on the flow blockchain because we knew that many wine consumers would not be web three initiated. And so you could check out with a credit card and get your first NFT, two thirds of top shots, uh, consumers were first-time NFT holders. They just checked out with a credit card and Dapper Wallet set up a wallet for them in that checkout flow. Very similar with us. Like You, you don't need to know anything. You can just come buy a wine NFT uh, with a credit card and, and get your first wine NFT uh, set up in, in your Dapper Wallet. And so those, those decisions that we made early on have proven to be really valuable for us because not only is Dapper Labs a great company and partner, but it also helps us long-term because we see a bunch of Web3 consumers 
um, come and are familiar checking out with Flow, which is the cryptocurrency you could buy our wine NFTs in, or we're now seeing a big influx of wine consumers that are looking to go wine tasting and, and they just check out with a credit card. And so making it uh, accessible to any consumer, regardless um, how they wanted to, to buy our NFTs was was something that was really important to our team. And so we wanted to have the on-ramps for everybody. That makes sense. And I, I think it's a, it's a pretty smart move. And for those who don't know, Dapper Labs, they're one of the biggest NFT companies uh, in the space. And uh, they're the team behind NBA Top Shot, CryptoKitties, uh, and to Andrew's point, Flow Blockchain. Uh, and I, I think it's very interesting that you mentioned they enabled this you know, fiat purchase of, um, of whatever NFTs they want to buy. Right. I think that's super important because uh, you don't you, you can't expect anyone to have like crypto ready to buy wine on, on, online. Right. So when it comes to um, deciding which blockchain to, to launch NFT on, was was Flow Blockchain the first choice when when you um, first launched the um, wine collective? Um, we went through a, a pretty diligent assessment. We looked at. Uh, folks like Polygon and and folks like Immutable. Um, we also thought about building on ETH mainnet, and and I think the reality was that we wanted, and we're not a massive company. Like a, you know, it's not like there's like five hundred people working behind the curtain here. It's in, you know, like we're we're a team of less than ten folks, and um, we have a lot of challenges itself. Uh, just you know, building a business and getting it up and running and off the ground. Um, yeah. when we, when we made all the commercial assessments, we really determined like long-term, we knew that there were more wine consumers that were outside of web three than in web three. And so because of that, we really liked the on-ramps that we were able to provide our consumers with Dapper wallet. Uh, and then when it came to the sustainability components, um, minting on the flow blockchain was less carbon emissions than a Google search. And so that was really important to us as well, because writing on ETH mainnet, at least when we announced the project was, was a much higher carbon footprint uh, per transaction. And then we also started to look at, you know, some of the other components of like, you know, is this, blockchain partner aligned with our visions, what kind of support uh, are they going to be able to provide our our project relative to where their roadmap's going? And um, mm -hmm. I think after assessing and talking to all potential outcomes, we we landed on flow for for some of the ones that some of the reasons I already highlighted, but it's not a decision we made lightly. we 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 spent weeks um, meeting and talking and thinking through which which blockchain we were going to build on. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you um didn't pick um Ethereum. Eventually, um, not to dump on Ethereum. I, I think Ethereum is great, but um, I've seen like many examples of um, you know, metaverse companies, gaming companies, kind of regretted their decisions building on Ethereum since it could get so congested, right? At times, um, I remember like when Board Ape Yacht Clubs uh, launched their new NFT. Uh, I think it's called Other Side. They launched it in May, and it was super popular, and and it caused Ethereum gas fee to soar like nearly 20k percent from their normal levels which is just crazy and uh, the, the the blockchain got kind of unusable at that time 
someone was trying to buy a $25 NFT on the same day as the as the launch happened, right? And they end up paying like three thousand in fees alone. So uh, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want people to you know spend thousand uh, dollars in gas fees just to purchase a wine, right? So um, I think it's a smart move to go with Flow. Wanted to switch the topic to more of a NFT in general. Just looking back this past crypto market cycle, it's a very narrative-driven market, right? So first you had DeFi summer that kicked off the bull market and you saw all the news reporting about DeFi and yield farming, et cetera, right? And then NFT just pulled up and completely taken over the mainstream media's attention and uh, blew DeFi out of water. Uh, and we've seen so many different forms of NFTs. Andrew, you mentioned the digital sports collectibles like NBA Top Shot and you have PFPs like all kinds of like monkey ape JPEGs. Um, and uh, now we have one NFTs. So we'd like to get your ideas um, and thoughts on the current state of the NFT market and what will it look like going forward? I don't know if I have... <clears throat> a ton of amazing insights, but just observing some of the trends, it seems like 2021 was very much about PFP collections from a builder standpoint and PFP, you know, mm -hmm. pro profile picks or, um, and so you saw so many people turn their avatar into an NFT that they might own, which I think is great from a social signaling standpoint, or if somebody wants to have an expression of self, I think that PFPs have provided a ton of value in, in that standpoint in terms of social signaling. When I do think through kind of the gen two of NFTs, I really think it's going to be a, a few different, a, a few different forks. I think there's going to be projects like ourselves that are, very utility heavy in terms of the NFT represents some level of access to, or maybe said said more simply is token gated memberships. So access to exclusive experiences, events, or in our case, like wine allocations. Uh, when it comes to the greater NFT ecosystem, I think NFTs are going <clears> to <throat> become more of a free to earn opportunity. And when I say free to earn, you you bought a concert ticket and you get the NFT uh, alongside of it. It was a, a it was a free digital collectible that came with the purchase of your ticket or in gaming um, items in game free to earn, but have in ecosystem utility that you could buy, sell trade over the life of the game. And so I think you're going to see this divergence from a very heavy quote unquote drops and royalty model of PFPs into kind of the paid NFTs that come with utility or the free to earn NFTs that represent, you know, different levels of experiential or um, in-game building. Like you get to level 10 of, of a video game and you unlock some item. And so, you know, you're socially signaling that you've gotten to level 10 to everybody else and only people that have gotten to level 10 can get that item as an NFT for free. And so as, as a game player, if I ever left that game, I could sell that item to anybody, even a, a, a new player, player zero. So play, player at level, level zero, et cetera. 
I, I think NFTs long term will have a continued value in a very meaningful way. I think NFTs are just the beginning of digital asset ownership, but it's so early on in NFTs from a utilization and use case standpoint, there haven't been enough repetitions to identify large trends. So you're starting to see inklings of what trends might become. And so commenting on them right now is say, well, I can envision this or I can envision that, but you haven't seen people roll them out at scale. I, I really can point to a few projects where people are doing extremely interesting things with NFTs or interesting to, to myself anyway. But mm -hmm. I, I think you will see free to earn NFTs be the most important trend of NFTs in 2022 or in 2023. No, yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, I think the PFE trend was um, a lot of hype, you know, and, and it's great, right? The, in terms of how how much mainstream attention it has brought to the NFT space, I think in itself was a success. Um, but going forward, I definitely see more utility, like real life utility coming into uh, the space and people will see more value in NFT instead of just the, just the hype. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that. And you touched on some points regarding in-game assets, you know, um, gaming NFTs. Is that something you see um, why NFT or Libation Labs can, can get involved going forward? Uh, I, I think free NFTs will be an important component of many uh, NFT projects. And I, I don't think we'd see ourselves as any different. We, we do want NFTs to be a, a key piece of our ecosystem, but we don't necessarily want NFTs to dominate the conversation. We just want people to know that, that they've secured a digital collectible and are, you know, like, uh, able to show what, what experiences they've had or what wines they've collected. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that NFT needs to be the dominant word in every conversation. Like the, the system just works and, and, you know, nobody worries about how their email server caches. Just uh, we want NFTs to be the way that people can collect and show off their um, show off the assets uh, from a collectability standpoint. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Thanks for the insights. So Andrew, you are a serial entrepreneur, right? You mentioned that you sold an app to a to a liquor store um, after graduating from college, and now you're building wine NFT collectives. Um, so would like to get your thoughts or advice for aspiring founders and builders in the space, given that we're in the crypto winter right now. We don't know how long it's going to be. So any advice or suggestions for them? I, I think that <laughs> it, it's always... It, it, giving advice is is something that uh is hard to do without without specific context but my my words of wisdom to anybody who's web3 curious is uh make sure you're solving a problem that truly exists and uh we spend a lot of time thinking about the problems that we're solving and making sure that we address them and we also ensure that we spend a lot of time talking to our customers to make sure that um all the assumptions that we believe are true stay true. And so if you're, if you're building in web three, uh, you should be passionate about the topic and you should be solving a real problem. And, and the web three technology does not need to lead the conversation. It, it needs to be a means to an ends in the sense that 
the blockchain technology or NFTs or whatever value you're building with Web3 technology is truly a better solution than what exists today. I think there's a lot of like Web3 skeptics out there and um, mm-hmm. especially in a crypto in a crypto winter, they they get their um, you know day in court and they get a laugh at everybody else that's a Web3 builder. But if you're using an open ledger like a blockchain or you're putting value into NFTs as collectibles or whatever, whatever you're working on, um, just don't lose sight of your end user. And I think that holds true regardless what you're doing. But as long as you keep track of the problem you're solving and what your end users need, you'll, you'll end up with a successful business. And so I, I hope that's, uh, that's advice that um, rings true for somebody. That's a great advice. Um, I, I 100% want to echo on the point that you make sure you, you're solving a real problem. Because, you know, just from my own perspective, I think during the last bull market, a lot of um, crypto companies are trying to solve some problems that don't really exist, right? So I love what you guys are doing at Libation Labs to bring this sort of more physical world adoption of Web3 and M- NFT to enable some real use cases that people can actually see what NFT can do. Um, so really appreciate what, what you're doing. And uh, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today and educating us about wine and NFT. Where can people find you and learn more about Libation Labs? Yeah, definitely. Uh, our consumer-facing brand is called Cuve Collective. And you can check us out at cuvecollective.com. Or if you just Google wine NFTs, we're usually at the top results. So come come check us out. But if you go wine tasting uh, anytime soon, you might want to grab a wine NFT before you do so. So you can get some real exclusive experiences that's been curated by a team of experts. And so I think we're, we're really excited about working in the wine industry and, and bringing opportunities to people uh, in a curated fashion. That's awesome. I love the fact that you just mentioned you can just Google wine NFT and our company will show up. <laughs> so is, uh, is Live Vision Labs the only company that's uh, building a wine NFT collective? Well, wine is so collectible. There's many ways you could build an NFT collection around wine, but we are, uh, we're working heavily on the experiential side of that. So there's definitely other people that have tokenized bottles of wine or fractionalized ownership of wine and whatnot, but uh, we're focused on, on the wine tourism side of the business right now gotcha gotcha yeah i'll leave all the information you just mentioned in the show notes so make sure uh you give them a follow andrew it was a pleasure speaking with you i'll stop getting in the way between you and your kids basketball game so enjoy the rest (laughs) of your weekend awesome thank you so much have a nice day